Hi, and welcome to The Checkup, the Colorado Health Institute's podcast about health and health policy. I'm your host, Jackie Zubricki. On this episode, we're going to talk about how we take care of the people who take care of us, especially nurses, and how one nurse decided to explore that question through art. Tara Reinder is a nurse at Rose Medical Center and an interdisciplinary artist, created First Do No Harm, an immersive dance performance, after her own experiences as a patient led her to think deeply about compassion fatigue and burnout in the nursing profession. With the support of an Arts and Society grant, Tara and a team of performers staged several performances at the end of 2018 that took audience members through the halls, rooms, and even the basement of the hospital. It may seem like an esoteric topic, but symptoms of burnout like exhaustion, feeling removed from your work, and depression are unfortunately common among people who work in healthcare. Studies have found that anywhere between 4 in 10 and 7 in 10 nurses report symptoms of burnout. In 2017, the Colorado Nursing Center reported that more than 16% of the state's nurses left their jobs. There are a lot of reasons why people burn out, and we won't get into all of them in this podcast episode. But it's not inevitable. Studies have tied work environments, for instance, to levels of burnout among nurses. Colleen Clark, the director of the Colorado Nurses Association, told me that the most frequent reason nurses reach out to her is to talk about taxing workloads and the shortage of nurses. She said that burnout often leads people to leave the nursing profession altogether, which can then put the nurses who remain in more challenging conditions. And when nurses are feeling burnt out, their struggles often affect patients and their care. That brings us back to Tara. We spoke in December about First Do No Harm and some of the experiences that have informed her as a nurse and as an artist. So I asked you to come and join us today after I saw this immersive performance that you put on this fall um, at the Rose Medical Center. It was called First Do No Harm. Um, and it was part of this artist residency you were doing at the hospital. So you were a nurse at Rose, um, mm-hmm. and then you had an experience that led you to want to create this piece, or that was part of the reason that you created it. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I had an experience where I was a patient, and I had an ectopic pregnancy, and it burst, and I was in a pretty critical care for a bit there while um when that happened and I I just remember being a nurse you're so aware of your surroundings and what's happening and when you're in a hospital setting and I just I remember along the way at the hospital I was at the care that I received that was incredible and then the care that I received that I felt wasn't incredible and that made me feel bad in different ways and so um and then when it when they called a code yellow, which is um, the code they call before a code blue, which is when your heart stops. It's like you're almost there because I was losing a lot of blood and I didn't have a blood pressure. And um, so they called a code yellow and everybody comes into the room. There's lab, there's doctors. It feels like there's just hundreds of people in there. And at that point I was passed out. And so, but I could still hear everything that was happening around me. And um, I had a new nurse at the time and And I remember when I started to pass out, I called for the nurse and she came in and I was like, you need to call the doctor. I have to go to surgery. And um, she like looked at me and I could, there was a moment where she like didn't know what to do. She felt a little frozen. And then I saw her just like click in and then she called this um, code yellow. And so all these people came. And then 
in the middle of that, I was, it was just so scary because I knew that I was passed out and something was wrong, but I didn't know how to fix it because I wasn't in control at all. And I just remember my nurse came over and she grabbed my hand and she um, whispered into my ear and said, it's going to be okay. I'm here. And I just, I remember just feeling so grateful that she remembered me as a person because there's all these scary moments that were happening and you feel very forgotten because everyone's focusing on like the physical body and everything, which you have to. Yeah. But I really appreciated her taking that moment to care for me and um, yeah, as a person. Yeah, um, that's such a, you know, a, a, a personal and intense moment. Mm-hmm. Um, has sharing that story been, you know, has that been difficult to share that story as part of like the origin of of this piece? Yeah, I think it brings up that because it really felt like it was a traumatic event for me. Yeah, but I, I do believe that trauma is healed through storytelling and sharing. So, um, so I think every time that I share it, there's a part of me that feels more healed by that, and that, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that because it really is just diving in with a very personal, <laughs> a very, you know, a personal moment. Yeah. Um, but so you were able to take that moment and kind of, kind of go from that experience to um, to creating something a little bit bigger. So would you mind telling us a little bit about what this what this performance was all about? Yeah. So um, after that experience, I just I realized how important nurses are. And as a nurse, you know you're important, but. From a patient's perspective, the nursing care that you receive, it's just, it's everything. And um, you feel completely out of control and you're in the hands of another person and you really want to be able to trust that they are looking out for your best interests. And I felt that and sometimes I didn't. So um, I went on this like deep research on what can we do to give patients the best care every single time with every experience that they have. How can we create that atmosphere and culture of care and... And what I realized was that, for the most part, a lot of our nurses are acting, um, on, are, are performing from a place of emptiness, of not being cared mm-hmm. for themselves. And so it's really hard to bring that care to patients. So, um, so my research then led me into compassion fatigue and nursing burnout and self-care and what can we do to care for our nurses so that they can care for patients. And um, So I wanted to bring awareness to it. And this is a really tough topic to bring awareness to because uh, most nurses don't even realize that or they don't want to face that or, yeah. So um, I thought the arts, and I'm a dancer and performer, um, really are the best way to bring awareness in my understanding and and from my experience um, to issues um, because they break down walls. You don't have to necessarily use words and they help people feel So I created this uh, show. I received a grant through the Arts and Society Foundation, and um, it was an Arts and Society grant that gave me funds to be able to work with the hospital to create a performance that um, spoke to these issues of compassion fatigue, burnout, grief, um, life, loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And something that was new new to me was... um, this wasn't a performance that was at you know at a at a theater somewhere this was in the hospital Mm -hmm. um and just in in those spaces and as an audience member you walked around through parts of the hospital you don't normally go to Mm -hmm. um you know what's what's sort of the power of having a a performance in a space like a hospital where you're not going to normally encounter Mm -hmm. art 
Yeah, I think um, for me, immersive theater is so important because you are immersed in the performance, and that's why I chose that medium. And and it just felt like the right decision to do it in a hospital where it seemed very real. And um, everybody has an experience in the hospital, and they're usually not great experiences that you bring when you walk into a hospital. It brings back memories of loss. And um, so to be able to bring the all of those experiences that we've had alongside this experience that's happening in real time in the hospital and layering that with music and art and dance just those two like really complete opposites bringing them together for me was what I believe brings the healing in or allows people to feel and experience their past hospital experiences in a new way through the arts yeah um yeah, I know for me it was really interesting to be in that space and mm-hmm. in a in a different capacity and just mm-hmm. to see you see it through a slightly different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, at, at, over the course of this performance, you're kind of walking through different spaces. You might see a dance. Um, you might see people act out a scene. In some cases, people were were speaking. So there were all kinds of different aspects of this performance. Um, and there was also a lot of different like emotions and things that were covered over the course of mm-hmm. it. So at one point you see a woman whose husband, I think, has just had a heart attack and she gets a stack of paperwork. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really familiar moment. And mm-hmm. it's both disheartening and a little bit funny because we recognize it. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are also moments, there, there's a moment of, of death in this um, mm-hmm. in this place. So you really are going from like bureaucracy to just, you know, the most, these profound human experiences in the course of one performance. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about how you decided, like what you wanted to include in this and those different, um, those different just aspects of, of life that happens in a hospital that you wanted to cover? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so I partnered with Edith Weiss, who is a playwright and a, an actress and director in the Denver area. Um, and we sat together and I gave her a lot of, um, We spoke a lot about the themes that I wanted to get across, and a lot of that had to do with grief and um, loss were two major themes. But um, she she does an incredible job of making taking real important issues and bringing humor to them so that they hit even harder. Mm -hmm. And um, so together we collaborated alongside two other um, directors, Jad Tank and um, Leah Bonfilio. We're also a part of creating this project. We had meetings together where she would write, and then we would talk about it and say, oh, we need more of this. And um, she really focused on the relationship between the man and the wife. So that narrative of um, this wife coming to the hospital and finding out her husband had this heart attack and the in- intensity of that. And then also I I focused mostly on bringing in the nurse's perspective mm-hmm. of what it looks like from the nurse's point of view. Um, and then... So a lot of the, the the reality of being in the hospital is the paperwork, is um, people treating you in certain ways because you're in a hospital, but yet we're dealing with these really profound experiences, like you said, that people are having, but you do have to fill out paperwork and you have to maybe go to this other room way down the hall when they just took your husband the opposite direction, and all you want to do is like be with him and know that he's okay. Now you're signing these papers and you don't even care to read it. But I didn't want to create a show in the hospital that was um, a pretend show. I wanted to bring up all the issues that we face. And like, yeah, maybe she does need to sign that paperwork, but is there a different way we can do that? Mm, yeah. Um, and another scene I wanted to 
talk about was the scene where a nurse is at a vending machine downstairs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and she talks a lot about um, some things that happen over the course of her day and you see her interact with this doctor um, mm -hmm. and she also talks really directly about this idea that you brought up um, earlier about compassion fatigue mm -hmm. um, and so can you tell us a little bit about what you know what compassion fatigue is and kind of why you had this nurse sharing this moment at a vending machine mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and then talking about this you know compassion fatigue this big idea yeah yeah I think compassion fatigue for me is it's um it's a buildup of everybody else's stories in life and you as a nurse carry all of that with you and to us and at a certain point you can only carry so much and can only hear so much and can only feel so much and so think nurses start to stop feeling and um and so they and at the end of the day fatigue it's nurses are tired because they're not f given ways to let those stories filter through them or release them or um they're not given ways or we're not finding ways to care for ourselves in the midst of caring for others yeah. and so you can really only carry so much for yourself and another person and so you start acting from a place that isn't um, really authentic, you know, you stop listening completely, you start multitasking, you um, you stop caring, really. Um, and it's hard to see things from the other person's perspective in those in those times. Yeah, it's kind of an overwhelm. And I think, I mean, if I think about nurses, I know that as a nurse, you're on your feet more than someone like me is in your day-to-day. -day. Like, you're physically mm -hmm. tired as mm -hmm. well. So mm -hmm. that fatigue has kind of got a right. lot of components Absolutely. To it. And if you imagine yeah. you have, like, five patients, so you go to your first patient, and they have this big event they're dealing with, and they talk to you for 10 minutes about it and how mm -hmm. hard it is, and you sit and you listen, and yes, and then you go to your next patient, and you have to give them medicine, and then they also unload on you, but you're still reeling from maybe that first patient who was maybe given five months to live, and then you go to your third patient, so it just all builds up, yeah. and you're holding, trying to hold space for each person consistently, and it, um, it can become a lot without giving tools to process it all. Yeah, and so, you know, when you describe it, it's, it's hard, because that's part of what a nurse does, is that mm -hmm. listening, and you're going mm -hmm. to be encountering people at these mm -hmm. hard times, mm -hmm. so, like, but I know you are doing, you're, you're trying to find ways to maybe address that or support support people who are dealing with that is that can you tell us a little bit about what you think like how can people work with that um with that with that compassion fatigue mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting because I think you know nurses that is what we do and we know we're getting into the profession for that reason because ultimately we want to make a difference and yeah. Some of the research that I've read on compassion fatigue is a lot of it is nurses not feeling like they're able to do their job. They're mm -hmm. not able to fully make a difference with their patients because of all the paperwork they have to fill out or um, because they're, they have an idea for their patient that would really help them and they get shut down by their doctor. Or So it also becomes an ethical issue where nurses feel like this is ethically what needs mm -hmm. to happen for my patient. They need this place to live, da, 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 but there's not the resources. And so I feel like nurses feel shut down a lot from the care that they know their patient needs from all areas and what they're actually able to give them. Um, so a lot of that for me is um, realizing, first becoming aware of it, mm -hmm. becoming aware of what compassion fatigue is, because usually by the time somebody realizes they're experiencing that, they're already at burnout. 
And when people are at burnout, they're looking for other jobs, new professions. They're they they're done with the nursing yeah. profession. So, so yeah, I'm interested in through this um, through first do no harm, and then also this other portion called the clinic of how to through workshops work with nurses to give them tools and resources for the self care, but also in the moment how they can shift things slightly through mindfulness work and um, vocal work and working with actors and musicians to infuse the arts into their day as well. Yeah. So those workshops are part of, this is the clinic that you're describing mm-hmm. is sort of the mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. And is that all at Rose? Um, right. Yeah. yeah. At, for now it is. And then once we get, this is kind of our, this is our pilot yeah. um, workshops and pilot performance. And then from here, we're hoping to travel it to other hospitals. Yeah. Um, and so you're in an interesting role there where these are your colleagues probably who mm-hmm. you're working with, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you're working alongside them as a nurse and then you're coming in and talking about these Mm -hmm. you know how do we take care of ourselves what's Mm -hmm. what has that been like yeah it's a little tricky um I think for the most part people know that it's coming from a place of care that it's not like that I really think the nurses I mean in Rose Medical Center is probably the most incredible place to work like there's so much there they're creating a wellness center for us a new fitness center for nurses for nurses yeah and um for their employees the wellness uh fitness center for just their employees they're putting a ton of money into caring for nurses so there's a real fertile ground right now and at rose for this kind of work um and i and the nurses know that i really appreciate and care all the work that they're giving and that what i'm trying to do is care for nurses and that's not really there's not a lot of resources out there that care for nurses a lot of it comes down to patient care but um so I think they understand that that's my intention and um talking coming from a place of what are we already doing really well which is a lot and how can we continue to do that and have the stamina to maintain that yeah and not get burnt out yeah and I don't so you just talked about something that Rose is doing but I do wonder like through the research that you've done on compassion fatigue and just your years of experience as a nurse like are there things that you wish that um or or think that hospitals policymakers like um people who are kind of looking at this big picture Mm -hmm. can be thinking about um that that might help address this this problem that you're seeing yeah I think one of the first things that I think every CEO should do and our CEO has done it multiple times and um is to shadow a nurse for a day Hmm to do an eight or 12 hour shift with a nurse to really see and understand what nurses do. Cause nurses, um, we haven't, we haven't developed the language around really describing what we do because a lot of it feels innate to who we are. We're nurturers. We, so we don't have this common language yet, which I think we're working on and that we need to in order to push the profession forward. But so at this point it feels important for people to know the kind of work that happens in with patients. Um, And, I mean, really simple things like making sure a nurse gets her break. So in a 12-hour shift, you're supposed to get a a 15-minute morning break, a 30-minute lunch, and then a 15-minute afternoon break. Mm -hmm. The morning and afternoon breaks never happen. So really in a 12-hour shift, a nurse is getting 30 minutes break. And during that 30 minutes, you have your phone with you. At any time, you could be interrupted. So it's, again, that's, to me, that's one way that as, as a hospital and policymakers could say, no, like nurses should get a, at least a 45 minute break within a 12 hour period. Yeah. And they should not have to be, they should be able to go away and know that their patients are okay. There should be another nurse who comes in just to take care of those patients. Yeah. So yeah, I think, um, 
for nurses to feel like they don't have time to go to the bathroom or they don't have time to drink water during their shift. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's those small places that I think are huge in making a change in overall. I think the research I'm doing now, like what we can do to help compassion fatigue and burnout feels a little bit after the fact, um, even though I can give you tools how to deal with it. But if you don't have breaks, to implement any of this or if you you know don't feel like you can go grab a quick sip of water yeah how, how do you make a change in that yeah and we're talking about this with nurses but I'm thinking of people who I know who have gone through like medical residencies or thing like just yeah. it, it, in general it seems like mm-hmm. sometimes there is I don't know it's part of the culture it seems mm-hmm. like so it is and yeah. I that's where I feel like there needs to be a culture change because if we aren't caring for our doctors our um you know the our nurses and anybody in between, then how are our patients really being cared for? Yeah. I just, yeah, it, it all trickles down. Um, yeah, it, this, this makes me think of something that I just read recently on sleep in hospitals and how mm-hmm. we often like interrupt a patient's mm-hmm. sleep um, mm-hmm. over the course of a night and how that might not necessarily be the best for their health, health. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's interesting to think about these places where like, How's the way that we're operating mm-hmm. helping and hurting mm-hmm. you know, the people yeah. who we're trying to help? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess we, we talked a little bit about what you've been hearing from the workshops, but just for, for, for that initial performance piece, were there any reactions that you got to that from within the hospital, from your audiences, from your performers that really stuck out to you? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing that stuck out was the nurses who came really felt that they're that they were seen and heard that their story was being told and that um this compassion fatigue that they feel is real and they um felt like the performance did a good job um bringing awareness to that and and telling their story for them and um yeah and they they were really moved by it a lot of there's a lot of tears throughout the evening for the for the show in general, but by the nurses just to kind of see themselves reflected back and in the, all the positive ways of basically nurses and being superheroes and running and doing all of this work, yet at the same time holding space for people as they're trying to heal and then also get, being very tired and having their own families at home that they're tending to. And so I think overall the, the feedback was very positive and nurses felt really seen and heard. Yeah. That's great. So I know there's not like one message to this piece or to the work that you're doing, and we've already talked about a lot of the things, but like, do you feel like this is part of trying to start a conversation on these topics, or was there something that you were really, you know, hoping to communicate through it? Yeah, I think there's lots of things I was hoping to communicate, and there are so many different narratives happening within the performance that I hope that people who come from different walks of life, not even the medical field at all, are able to kind of hang their hat on something along the way. But um, ultimately, it's a it's a story about loss. And, you know, we don't life. So there's a line in the performance that Edith wrote that says, death doesn't need an invitation. And that it's so frail, anything could happen at any time in our lives. But also adding that life doesn't need an invitation, that um, a lot of the choices we make are our choices, the professions we do, um, what we decide not to do and do instead, that really our time here can be so short and limited. And 
to um, be aware of that and I guess choose wisely and how we spend all our time and energy and and um yeah and at the end of the day when someone's dying that the wife had a lot of regrets that she didn't really share who she really was with her husband and she felt like she was pretending a lot and um she wanted to redo she wanted to you know, start again and be able to be more honest and live this, you know, what she was thinking could be this beautiful new relationship with her husband. And he was dying and that wasn't going to happen. But I just wonder how many of us, you know, being put in her situation, what our regrets would be. And and sometimes it feels impossible to know. And But sometimes I think we do have a an inkling of what that might be and to try to follow that and make some shifts in our lives. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could just leave the conversation there, but the one other thing I did just want to ask about is this idea of um, you're a nurse and you're a performer at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, and um, I just I just wonder if you have any thoughts on how those two things have kind of intersected for you. I know that's a that's a big question, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I did just any, any thoughts that you would want to share on kind of, um, yeah. those two parts of your experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They seem very similar to me. Yeah. Um, especially cause the art that I'm interested in through movement and performance is immersive theater and immer- immersive performance. So I do a lot of one-on-one performances, had a project called you and me that I did for many years and toured and, um, and all of that was based on these one-on-one interactive performances with one performer and one guest at a time. Mm. And it was based out of a uh, situation I had when my sister got sick and I was her sole caregiver for many months and we were living in this rehabilitation center together. And it, it was like one of the most horrific times of her life and my life. Um, but yet there were so many real tender, beautiful moments that I was able to share with her and caring for her. And she couldn't move, so I would bathe her, and she couldn't speak, so I would speak for her, to, for the, to the nurses and all, everyone involved in her care. And so um, I just, I wanted to create a show for this You and Me project that um, gave a glimpse of this one-on-one intimate experience. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different um, installations you go to that, create these intimate moments so in some ways that to me was also setting up like um a almost like an emergency room so there's all these little installations where it's just you and one other person whereas when you come into the hospital it's just you as the nurse and the patient having these really intimate experiences around this person's health but you also find out so much more and um so I think immersive theater and nursing is really hand in, goes hand in hand because while immersive theater is so popular now because it, it's very much um, the actor coming alongside you, you're involved, you're seen as a perfor- as a guest, you're heard, you're part of the story, and that's what nurses do. They come alongside their patients, they see them, they hear them, they care for them. An audience member feels really cared for in immersive theater. Um, so I, I think they're very much one in the same. And that, yeah, I'd never thought about it like that, but that's that's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to explore that more because I don't really think I have the words yet to really say how similar they are, but yeah. yeah. Um, there sounds like there's something there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so just speaking of what, what you're, I, I was wondering if there are 
ways that people who might be listening could either you know learn more about what you're doing if you're planning on following up on this work mm-hmm. it sounds like you are mm-hmm. about with, with health and performance um, mm-hmm. just what should our listeners be like looking out for from you coming up yeah, we're um, hoping to, we have a couple hospitals interested in setting this piece in their hospital, so um, we'll probably be shifting it a little bit based on the location in, what, in the hospitals, but um, we'll be resetting First Do No Harm for sure, most likely, um, maybe as soon as this spring, but most likely next fall, mm-hmm. um, and taking the workshops out to other nurses and I just think it would be so helpful to be able to um, bring this project to all the the Denver metro area and hit all the hospitals and just bring awareness to compassion fatigue and care for our nurses and really give them tools and resources to help them care for themselves. So yeah, so hopefully um, there'll be more chances to see this performance. Yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Tara, thank you so much for coming by today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks, Tara, for joining us. She's a nurse and an artist whose performance First Do No Harm premiered last fall at the Rose Medical Center. It's worth noting that there are a lot of efforts to address burnout by nurses and nursing organizations, by healthcare systems, and in some cases by policymakers. Rose Medical Center, for one, has opened a new wellness lounge in 2019 for its staff. I'll link to an article about it in our show's notes. Colleen Casper at the Colorado Nursing Association mentioned the Watson Caring Science Institute, a nonprofit focused on nurse retention, and the Magnet Hospital Recognition Program, which helps identify hospitals with better work environments. CNA is also hoping to get better data on nurse turnover and other issues that might come along with it in Colorado. And in Washington, the American Nurses Association has pushed for laws focusing on workplace safety and appropriate staffing. Burnout doesn't only affect nurses. A study released this month by the Stanford University School of Medicine, the Mayo Clinic, and the American Medical Association found that 44% of doctors experience at least one symptom of burnout. So these are important questions for people who care about the people who make up our healthcare system to think about. I've included more about First Do No Harm, including a video from the performance, on the notes for this episode at coloradohealthinstitute.org podcast. I've also learned that Tara was nominated for the Colorado Nurses Foundation's Nightingale Award, so congratulations, Tara. We'll find out more about that this May. Did you see First Do No Harm? Do you have thoughts on burnout and compassion fatigue among nurses in Colorado? Email us or send a voice memo to podcast at coloradohealthinstitute.org. You can find more episodes of The Checkup at coloradohealthinstitute.org slash podcast. And we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at COHealthInst. Thanks for listening. I'm Jackie Zubricki at CHI.